You are listening to True Fiction Radio on WDRB Media with your host, Chris K, and two guests. What's up, man? I'm Chris Carabin. I'm Andrew. Good to meet you, Andrew. Chris Carabin. Tristan Hugh. Good to meet you. All right, so we were just talking about um, why a hot gamer chick might leave a dude hanging when uh, they had something lined up. And, you know, we specified the fact that, you know, because she's hot and not just mediocre, that uh, she's going to get the stabbing from the stabber of choice. And that's just the reality of things. Mm-hmm. And where are we after that, Tristan? Well, basically it isn't about how big uh, ma- the Magic Johnson pole is, per se, but... Honestly, this isn't an HIV reference, is it? No, no. Okay, just no. checking. <laughs> uh, but more or less, like, one, can you fulfill her needs? And two, can you support her financially? And nine times out of ten, no matter what, a woman would rather have a man that can support them financially than being able to support their needs. And so if a woman has to fake it for five years because she's got a man that makes, you know, 2000 a week, it don't bother them. And... It don't matter how good of a guy you are. Heck, you could, I mean, she, I mean, if you a guy that can support her financially, it's like, I'm from up in West North Carolina, up in the mountains. It's like, you see us all the time for it. It's like, these country girls will deal with these uh, uh, rich boys that's got parents who are farmers that don't ever have to work a job. And they, all they do is drink. And you'll see them come out with a black eye where they beat them, you know, break beer balls all over them. They stay with it because they can afford them anything they want. It don't matter about the sex, nothing. All it is is about the back wallet. Materialism. Yes, and that happens more and more. It's like back in the, you know, I was raised by my dad's parents because my mom wanted to go out and party a lot. So my my papa's right now 94. He was born in the late 20s. My mama was born in the mid-30s, and they kind of distilled that mentality on me about how things should be. But with the way things are going, morality is going down. It's like less people believe in religion. There's more atheism, more people's... Let me pause you. Yeah. Do you think morality has gone down or it's just been more challenged as of late and the true behavior and mentality of society in general has become more open, although involuntarily through camera surveillance and audio recordings... Most people, even if you're on the Burger King level, you're working on camera 40 hours a week, every week. I wouldn't say that per se, but I'd look at, like, for instance, like, no matter what race, for instance, you were white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Asian, uh, during, like, through the entire... Pakistani. Exactly. Like, all the way up to, like, the 80s, for instance, maybe even, you know, the end of the, I mean, you know, mid-70s, for instance, uh... There was still, like, you saw a lot less kids being born out of wedlock. For instance, like, people were getting married, then having kids, you know. And people were actually going into it with the right mindset. Now, as time's gone on, you see a lot more kids being born out of wedlock. You see women wanting to be independent, thinking that they don't need a man because of feminism. And then it leaves men in a predicament where... Well, if a woman thinks that she can support herself and support her uh, kid that she has, then why should I even stick around? That gives me a benefit of just, you know, 
barely having to work, go out, go and have as much sex as I want to with as many women have no repercussions. And I guess with me in that instance, it would have to depend on how good the love connection was. I mean, if like she wanted to be a motivated businesswoman and we had to share the responsibilities right. of rearing the children whilst working our careers and yeah, and it's a different perspective there. But Right. Well, also, in during the 80s, for instance, like, for instance, cost of living, for instance, it's been going up since early 70s. Well, it's inflation. It yeah. was going on well before yeah. then. And it started then, in the 30s, right? Yep. And, uh, well, during the 70s, for instance, if you look at uh, the inflation rate and also if you look at what jobs were paying, it was on the rise, too. Then during the 70s, it started to black, I mean, you know, fall off to where it started just leveling out and slowly increasing while inflation stayed at about the same annual percent as it goes up. Back then, a man could be the only worker, be able to afford every bill in the household and still be able to take his family out on vacations, be able to afford this. Now- You speak the truth. Yeah, and now, and since jobs don't pay as good anymore and inflation's way out there, you, you can't even get a job that way even if you go to college for four years. I mean, it's just... No. I know people that have college degrees that work in grocery stores yep. as butchers. Yeah. Not just that. It's like a lot of times it takes two people with master's degrees in the same household to afford even a two- or three-bedroom apartment. It's, it's yep. ridiculous. Yep. And it's like, hell, it's like I work at BMW manufacturing plant, and I make 18 bucks an hour through MAU, for instance, right? Dope. It's a good job. Well, here's the thing now. Beats my Grubhub 10 bucks an hour. True. And, but here's the thing, like, even at that. I get to clock it at home, though. <laughs> True. Pet my animals when there's no deliveries. True. There's perks to each job, I guess, but okay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The cost of living now, that won't be enough for you to provide for the wife and child. Right. And al allow yourself to have a car payment or two and be able to go on vacation mm -hmm. due to everything increasing mm -hmm. radically yep. and, and rapidly. Yeah, it's yep. like even groceries, man. It's, you, you can go into the grocery store and buy damn 10 things. You're walking out spending 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. That's crazy. It happens to me every time, like even at Aldi. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, oh, I just got a steak and, you know, some broccoli and, well, milk, 30 bucks. <laughs> yep but yeah where'd that money go <laughs> factory farming it's true but fattening the pockets of the elite while mm -hmm. the rest of us remain in just above poverty yep. i think one of the coolest and, uh, coolest memes the I've rest seen. are below that poverty line you ever see the uh the picture where it showed this big fat bird on top of the, the pole and then it comes down a wrong and it shows two birds and it comes down another rung, shows four. And then it comes down another rung, and it shows six. But what's happening is the bird on top is taking a shit. And it's shitting on top of the two. And then the other two are shitting on the four. And then the four are shitting. So the, the birds on the bottom are just covering the shit. Sounds like an 8-bit video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Donkey Kong, though. But on the meme, it was like a CEO. And at the very bottom, it or was... WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, welcome to the mud pit, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, but it's like things have changed drastically over all the years, and now 
you just got all these things that's popping up now people getting offended everybody you can't speak your mind and if bullshit you, you can't absolutely speak your mind and anytime we swear it's not going on the radio but i can splice stuff out just don't like to do it constantly right and you were listening to true fiction radio on wdrb media yep and it's just you're you're constantly fighting this uphill battle and it seems like Everybody has gone away from, you know, wanting to be a decent citizen of society to being something else. It's like now you got people on the, I mean, well, definitely CNN and MSNBC, for instance, they're pushing Fox the News as well. All of them, yep. all the mainstream yep. media and, sources. And it's like now they're pushing that there's more than two genders, for instance, and you got, you seeing guys transforming into Zimzer. Yeah. Z. Yeah, and then then you got these people. I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, people do, you know, get born in the wrong meat suit. It happens. Like, chemically, like, they do tests on their brain, and their brain is actually that of a female, and yet they're born with a penis and testicles. You can say penis and testicles. You just can't use any of the vulgar slang terms for those words. <laughs> right. But... Penis and testes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... For instance, like me, I grew up with that old school mentality, and I guess you can... Which one? Well, for my... You've been around for a very long time. Well, I'm 26, and like I said, like my dad's grandparents raised me, so they distilled that like 40s mentality on me. I'm 37, and my dad's grandparents raised me. Yep. And I got put on a train since uh, 11, from 11 to 17 every summer. Uh, I got shipped to New York from Virginia. Uh, well, not every summer, almost every summer. Uh, me, it was once I turned eight, I was there till I graduated. Yeah, year round. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, year round. My papa was a drill sergeant, and my mama, she never worked a day in her jut life. All right, is it like the movies depict it, or was he chill? When he didn't have to scream at somebody, or was he constantly screaming? I gotta know. No, he was more the type that drew a fine line saying, I don't mind you having fun. I don't mind you, you know, doing things, though, but there's this fine line, and if you step over it, I'm gonna let you know about it. And it's like he told, he, it's like, for instance, between, like, just, well, even everybody listen, is he told me the same thing he told my brother, my uncle, and my father. He was like, you piss me off, I'm going to treat you like they did uh, the guys in my, when we went to boot camp back in the day. I'm going to wake you up, and you're going to feel the back end of my rifle. <laughs> yeah, there is no belts. There is no whooping. You ain't picking a switch out of a tree. It's, yeah, straight up. Like, yeah, we didn't know back then what concussions were. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I once he told me that. I was like, okay, I'll go have fun, but I won't step over that line. Oh, so you never did once he told you what was waiting on the other side. You right. never crossed the line. But my that brother works. but my brother wasn't that bright. It took him twice before he realized it. How's your brother today? Headaches? No, he's uh, he <laughs> aversion to sunlight. No. He's uh more or less like my brother, he's chills hill, he's uh me and him get along great, but we're there's a ten year age gap between us. And uh, after he graduated, he went and he joined the Air Force. And then he got uh, sent on tour, like, right after 9-11 uh, happened. Uh, but, uh... So he was flying planes over the war zones? 
Well, actually, he went over bombs. there as like MP, so he was basically guarding the gate, and he uh, he told me a little bit of like uh, how uh, like a month into it, uh, some uh, Iraqis was in a car and uh, they were driving up to the gate, and they kept on stop, stop, and they wouldn't stop, and uh, so they had to open fire, and the car ended up going to um, off uh, on the side, and when they got up there. They wrap bombs around them and their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Glad they got shot instead. Well. That's a fucked up situation, man. Yep. There I go. Part I gotta cut out to put it on the radio. I'm making more work for myself. Oh. <laughs> All right, did I use That's something? sponsored by alcohol and cannabis, by the way. <laughs> All right, did, I, did I swear? No, I did. Oh. oh I bad. did. I got inspired by my emotions that you were bringing out with your well-done storytelling. Oh, well, and then, uh, but he was really influenced and looked up to Papaw, for instance, and like Papaw, when he was a drill sergeant, he ended up stepping over the line, never would tell anybody what he did, and he got uh, put, I mean, demoted, and then he ended up going, uh, sent over to Vietnam. And uh, he went out on a walk with uh, the guys one night, and, uh, he said, like, legitimately, the first part of his uh, first night walking out into the jungle, you know, uh, they actually made, like, a pit with spikes in it where they had put feces in it. And uh, he actually, all in the dark, he said all you saw was the, the moonlight on one of the guy's helmets. And he fell through the ground just started screaming, and they had to pull him out. But all the infection ended up killing him. Like, I mean, uh in the hospital and then shortly at, i mean he was like six months went by and uh, he made friends with uh with some private out there that was just like right out of high school uh gave him a lot of advice you know so on and so forth about how to move up and get out of the whole private ordeal you know yeah. how to look good so this is back when our government was forcing us to go and fight a battle with communism when we weren't even being invaded and there was no immediate threat. And ultimately, was a war we lost. Yep, but uh... One he, more reason why I don't trust our government. But well, uh, I don't ever trust the government. But anyway... The government but, has its own agenda. Yeah, yeah they, they allow a Nazi war criminal, Werner von Braun, the head of NASA, to found NASA and propagate, propagate their series of lies they've been telling over time. Mm-hmm. It's indoctrination, brainwashed from the moment of birth. But yeah, back to your story, back but, in Nam. <laughs> but when uh, he was uh, making friends with his private, uh, he told me the story back when I was twelve. So I, ain't, I, I, I'd have to ask him again over the phone to, for the guy's name. But uh, he said one night, uh, when they ended up getting fire, he was out there with a the, uh, flamethrower, burning uh, brush down to set up a little camp. Uh, for the night and uh well ended up around hid the gas tank napalm went everywhere caught on fire and it splattered my papa's whole arm and his side and it and he got third degree burns and he said while he was laying on the ground the guys were throwing dirt on top of it just so it would stop burning and uh he and it's like growing up when i was living with him i it would be like every other night it is like he'd pat meal night it's like he would think that he's on fire again. You just hear him on the other side of the house just screaming. Severe PTSD. Yeah, and he'd be waking Napalm up. Napalm PTSD. Yeah. 
but uh, he was like, "Good God, man!" Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. So I don't uh, want to. <laughs> yeah. So. But. So that, I take it he didn't go over there voluntarily. Uh, he actually said he didn't mind going over there. He said that. Was he drafted? No. He wasn't drafting. He was a drill sergeant while it was going on, ah. and then he fucked up while he was in uh, while he was a drill sergeant and got demoted. And then they sent him. Yeah, because that uh, when he's a drill sergeant, he's a that's an E five, and then he got dropped down to an E four. Went over there, and uh, he said he was basically a paper boy for a little while, and then uh, he got tired of it, mouthed off, dropped down to an E three because of. He couldn't keep his mouth shut. And that's when he started going out on patrols with the guys. And he said that that was one of the best experiences because he said there's, he's like, there's nothing better than the type of brotherhood that you experience from being out there with the guys. He was like, there's no type of friendship that you can compare it to. He's like, it's like almost being like in a tribe per se that no matter if you know them, you know you're in the same tribe together, and y'all fight side by side together no matter what, and y'all always have each other's back, even if you don't know each other's name. And your lives depend on one another. Yep. It's a bonding unlike anything else. Yep. And he, he said that's the best thing he, I mean, you can experience. And my brother, he he told me the same thing. Is like, uh, now my brother... I don't know if that's the best thing you can experience, man. You ever done cocaine? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, no. Nah. Rick James said, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> a hell of a drug. Back to the Dave Chappelle comedy skit. I'm Rick James, bitch. Dude, that thing never gets old. <laughs> I'm Rick James. <laughs> well, my favorite guy was that he played was, uh, was that crackhead? The one that had the powder all over his lip. Yeah, <laughs> like the child gets locked in the car when it's, you know, a high temperature outside and the mother's screaming worried because the kid is locked in the car and he breaks the window and she's thinking... He's going to save the kid for her, and he just steals the car stereo. <laughs> yeah. I like the one where he was doing the Fear Factor thing, and then they had to eat the, the rectum or whatever, and he's like, he's like hey, uh, you going yeah, you, you gonna to eat yours? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. My, I think out of, out of all, I mean, what was it, all seven seasons he did, my favorite would probably be I think the, there were just two. Oh, really? I thought it went over for no, I think he was working on a third one, but that's when yeah, all that he crazy went to stuff Africa. happened. Yeah. They told him to stop saying certain words and change his show, and he's like, I'm Rick James, bitch. I'm going to Africa. <laughs> he went to Africa. Yeah, but uh, my favorite character... I don't know if he actually said it like Well, he did Rick an James, interview. But... He did an interview, like, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but he was talking about how... Yeah, he had got to a point where he was in his fame that there's this plateau and this threshold that you hit. And when you start to hit this plateau or this threshold, these people are going to come up to you. And they're, you know, these are the people that control anything past this specific plateau that you're going to get. And you can't... The power structure. Exactly, like the Illuminati, Freemason type stuff. Like, you know, where the people that... So that he said that was one of the big reasons why he ended up leaving in the first place because they were trying to control everything that he was about to be doing. So, do you guys know that all astronauts are Freemasons? Uh-uh. Every last one of them. I did not know that. Research. Hmm. That's nuts. And again, the founding member, Werner von Braun, has been 
quoted as uh, being a Nazi war criminal, that he would hang the slowest Jew that worked in his rocket plant every day, the slowest one. And what do we do? We bring him over here to, to make NASA. That's crazy. And what does he write on his tombstone when he dies? Psalms 1911. I don't know how well you guys know your scripture. But a uh, quick translation, I don't know which specific one it is, but, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Mm. Firmament or that glass ceiling that Hillary Clinton kept spouting on about. Yeah. The fact that every single rocket launch has never gone straight up, it just kind of goes in a curve and out of view. Yeah. Watch a funny thing happen on the way to the moon. You can see that we've never been to the moon, or at least we don't have footage of it. True. It's like uh, when they did that. Neil Armstrong was never on the moon. Right. You see the it's they, like the video where the flag's waving in, the, and it's like, how the fuck? There's yeah. no wind in there. You it's know? supposed to be a vacuum. Exactly. The moon doesn't have an atmosphere. Exactly. Nonsense. Yeah, and it's sitting there waving. <laughs> and uh, they approached Neil Armstrong like, to do an interview about his trip to the moon that's what he thought it was but they they turned it on him and they asked him some questions and then they presented a bible king james nice leather bound real deal and they're like will you swear on this bible that you went to the moon and he punched the dude in the face on camera oh man I man, there's so many conspiracies that just. Well. Then you look up Admiral Byrd, and you see his, I believe it's CBS News footage where he's on there talking about um, another continent in the area around Antarctica, on the other side of the South Pole near middle America is what he says which would be in the middle of the Indian Ocean he said the continent is the size of the United States with untapped oil gold, coal all sorts of minerals the very next spring the Antarctic Treaty is signed no one's allowed to go to Antarctica unless you're going to see penguins you cannot go and explore Antarctica hmm isn't that um was it like I think it was like back in like the I don't know if it's eighteen hundreds or no, well it wasn't eighteen hundreds probably like in the like nineteen fifty sixty seven somewhere around there like they there was a pilot I think there's uh, it's a conspiracy theory about this pilot that said that he went down in a hole that was in like Antarctica or something and he ended up meeting like a some type of alien race that was talking about if humanity kept going at the rate that they're gonna go they're gonna these specific beings are going to show up and like just stop everything because they're going to destroy the earth yeah they're trying to uh brainwash us and make us worry about an alien invasion yeah when i think it's like a series of puddles on an infinite plane like the sun is a capacitor and it spins around the 360 degree flat earth and uh it kind of goes in an oblique movement not necessarily perfect spheres that explains how we have seasons but anything extraterrestrial any real footage that we're seeing that isn't project bluebeam uh is most likely people that came from another puddle 
mm-hmm. or there's another capacitor because there's all sorts of footage in Antarctica, which is supposed to be the edge. By the way, all encyclopedias prior to, I think, two years, maybe three years before NASA stated that Antarctica was not a continent, that it was a 360-degree ice wall surrounding the flat Earth and that there was a dome over it. You can actually buy one if you got a couple grand and look at it yourself, but they are on eBay. And then, uh, you know, that whole thing where they keep talking about uh, Nibiru, Planet X, you know, it's every so often they come back with this thing like, it's about to, you know, come past us or something like that, but nothing ever happens. I don't know. It's like I've never carbon dated anything, so I can't tell you how accurate what they claim the carbon dating is because I've never carbon dated anything. I'd really like to learn how to do that, just for the record, so I can start doing my own research Yeah. on how much we can actually believe about things. But, uh, Officially, I do believe the Earth is flat and stationary, that we're brainwashed and lied to from the very first day at elementary school. If you guys think back to your very first day, there's roll call, and then you're shown a globe, and the teacher tells you this is where we live. And they keep hitting you with that time and time again. When we finish this podcast, we're at 25 minutes right now, minor 30 minutes. So I'll show you high-altitude balloon footage with no fisheye lens. And all of you listening should go and look at that because it's what opened my eyes. It's the biggest conspiracy. Does everybody have to know? Absolutely not. NASA's compartmentalized. Everybody has their little job. You guys ever worked on an assembly line before? I worked for Gardenway. I I made Troy-built mowers. You take a screw and put it in a pin and then put it in a housing. It's piece by piece. Everybody does their little bit. Only the higher-ups, only the royals, only the elites, and then their immediate slaves know the actual truth and no I'm not joking yeah that's why I interviewed D Marble guys by the way if you guys don't know D Marble he was on CBS NBC all those news outlets my very first interview was two hours with the man and uh, he's entertaining and fun to talk to uh, but uh, he took a spirit level on a plane flew great distance I don't know the actual details and mileage at this point but Spherical geometry tells us that if the Earth is 24,000 miles in diameter, and it's a ball, that in order for it to be a ball, that it must curve 8 inches per mile when you square the mile. People are like, no, it's just 8 inches per mile. Nope, that makes a pyramid. Sorry, Freemasons. It's supposed to be a ball, right? Or as Neil deGrasse Tyson came out and said, oblate spheroid. But all the fake images you get from NASA of the Earth are perfect spheres. When you look at all that's been presented, and, uh, okay, so in order for it to be a ball 24,000 miles in circumference, there has to have, it has to have that curvature. It has to be there. There's no reason for it not to be, yet it's not there. They tell us that when you're on a, a long field and you watch someone walk away, they'll disappear feet first and then the head. Well, actually, if you pull out your iPhone or Android or whatever and just take your zoom and open it up, you pull them right back into view. Your camera can't magically go over the curve of the Earth. That's not proof that we're on a ball. Secondly, ships. 
They're supposedly disappearing over the horizon when they go out to sea. If you take a high-powered zoom like the Nikon Coolpix P900, mm. it's like 83 times zoom, you can pull the whole thing right back into view. You can see regularly the Toronto skyline from Michigan. With that distance, it should be behind a ball. 6,000 feet of drop should exist there. There's no drop. You can just see it. People are like, well, how come I can't see the Eiffel Tower from South Carolina? Well, same reason you can't see more than four or five miles because there's dust, dirt, debris, atmospheric conditions, hills, valleys. There are peaks and valleys on a flat earth. It's just not a ball, and it's not spinning. Again, I'll show you guys the uh, footage that people have live-streamed independently. Duh. Thanks, you guys, for being a part of the podcast. Tell us all your names again. Oh, I'm Andrew Fleeman. I'm Tristan Hill. And you have been listening to True Fiction Radio on WDRB Media. The only station bringing you double the information and the inspiration. Uh, you guys, uh, check me out on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash chriscarabin. And uh, I'll put a link to my PayPal in the description as well. Thanks, you guys, so much for being habitual listeners. And uh, hope you guys have an awesome rest of your summer. And uh, be enlightened and live well. Peace. And remember, our souls are here solely for the purpose to experience, to learn, and to be conditioned.